Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So remember that you came into this world as an individual person to fulfill an individual purpose. I want, I want you to remember that if you remain loyal to God, it expresses a great gratitude to the Lord and, it, and it'll allow you to set out to do what it is that he needs you to do. And you also have to remember that fulfilling purpose is never about us. It's never about what we want, what we want to do. It's, it always traces back to God and what it is he wants us to do for him. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Tamara and I'm excited to be joining you guys today to give you a word that I feel like is for the single women's. Now I do believe this word is going to bless you so I want you to open your hearts and your mind to be receptive to what I have to say. Now before we dive into the word I do want to talk about a little bit about my personal experience. So as I grew up I was I grew up around women that were married and in relationships or that were engaged and they all got to this point at a young age in their life. They all created great examples for me to see what it should be like to be a godly married woman, but I didn't really have a lot of examples of what it should be like to be a godly single woman. So I took some time and I asked the Lord, I was like, God, what are your expectations for me as a single godly woman? Until my husband can come and find me, what are you expecting to see? What can I do to please you? So if we would like to give this message a title, it's going to be called Properly Positioned Produces Favorable Results. Today, I will speak to you about ways that I have positioned myself as a single young woman and that I know that has pleased God in many ways. As I go through some of these points today, I'm going to reference back to the book of Ruth. Now, if you don't know who Ruth is, let me give you a backstory. So it's going to start with Naomi. So Naomi was a woman and she married a man by the name of Elimelech. Her and Elimelech got married and when they got married, they had two sons. At the time, they were living in Bethlehem, and by the time had passed, and then there was a there had a, there was a famine that had happened in Bethlehem. Now, time was passing by, and Alikamek was like, "Okay, we gotta we gotta do something. I gotta provide for my family." So he decided that he wanted to move to a city named Moab. So him and his wife and his children they packed up their things and they moved to Moab. So eventually, they think time had passed, and their kids became became of age and it was time for them to marry. So their sons married two women, one by the name of Orpah and the other one by the name of Ruth. So again, more time has passed and they all have grown up, grown older and you know, we're living in the married life. And then eventually all the men had passed away. So that left Naomi, Ruth and Orpah to be widows. So as they began to go through go through this hurt and this pain of losing their husband, Naomi was like, okay, we got to go back to Bethlehem. There, there has to be more there. There's no longer a famine. So let me, let us move and go to Bethlehem. But on their way there, Naomi was like, hmm, this is not right. So she told th these young women, she was like, I am of age. There's probably not going to be a time where I'll be able to, you know, bear any more children. I might not even get married. And if I was to get married and have children, there's not even a guarantee that I'm going to have a son. So you guys should go back to live with your moms and your fathers um, and, build, and rebuild your life there because there's nothing that I have to, to offer you. Orba was like, absolutely, I'm going. You don't have nothing for me. Then it, it's time for me to go. 
But Naomi, on the other hand, was like, absolutely not. I am staying with you. You have been there through all this, through all these trials and tribulations and helped me through, you know, life. So I'm staying here. I'm staying loyal to you. So now we're going to dive into the word and we're going to go to Ruth chapter one and we're going to read verses 15 through 18. And this is where Naomi Naomi is talking to Ruth about her going back to live with her parents. Let's read. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging. Now, I want you to think about this. Naomi Naomi was confused because I have nothing to offer you, but why do you want to be so loyal to me? Ruth showed her loyalty to Naomi just by the words that she spoke. I also want to highlight the point, and we're going to go back to read the last part of verse 16, and it reads, Now, this is Ruth talking to Naomi. She said, Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Ruth had nothing to offer, nothing but hope, no home, no stability, no, no husband. What is so significant about this part of this passage is that she knew that God was there and she knew that she had a God, a God to rely on and she was not willing to go back to that old life. So ladies, single ladies, I want you to ask yourself, how loyal are you to God in your singleness? When you think about this question, I want you to be honest with yourself and I want you to relate it back to your purpose. Are you doing what it is that God wants you to do to fulfill your purpose without a significant other in the way? So I'll be honest and I'm going to tell my story. So in the past, I have been very guilty of idolizing a relationship. I Every time I would go into prayer, I would, I would, my main focus would be, God, send me a husband. I want a relationship. I want to be engaged. I want to be married. That was the main points of what it was. But I was so focused on idolizing a relationship that I just really forgot about what it was that God wanted me to do. And honestly, society, social media, and even sometimes churches played a big role in this. Everybody puts emphasis on being married that they forget that that they forget that it's okay to be single and to live out your singleness, and that is not a shame to be single. So again, I, I was putting more emphasis on it and then I was and that I really forgot about my relationship with God. So it's okay for you to want to desire a husband. And honestly, I began to learn that it's okay for my posture to be like God. I desire a husband and I want to do life with you, but until he finds me, I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. Your purpose will remain with or without a significant other. And when we came into this world, and it's very important to remember this, when we came into this world, we came as an individual purpose to fulfill an individual purpose. So remember that. You came into this world as an individual person to fulfill an individual purpose. I want want you to remember that if you remain loyal to God, it expresses a great gratitude to the Lord, and and it'll allow you to set out to do what it is that he needs you to do. And you also have to remember that fulfilling purpose is never about us. It's never about what we want, what we want to do. It's, it always traces it back to God and what it is he wants us to do for him. Okay? And those of you ask, well, I don't even know what my purpose is. Well, I can guarantee you that when you seek after the face of God and you get into prayer and you get into your word and you ask God to reveal to you what it is that he wants you to do on this earth, he will do just that. But you have to be genuine and you have to devote that time to God. Okay? Another, another um, 
point that I'm going to go into when we talk about loyalty is, are you still willing to remain pure in your singleness? Now, y'all know what I'm talking about when we're talking about being pure. We're talking about sex before marriage. Now, we're going to jump down to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, and it reads, flee from sexual immorality, then he... And then it goes down, then I'm going to go down to the end of verse 20, and it's going to read, You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. So, I want you to understand this, that these are our, these are our temporary bodies, but we are, this is still the God's temple. So, we're dwelling in God's temple. So, everything we do, we're going to be judged by it. And so, we have to also understand that when God says sex is made for marriage... He is not doing it to punish us. He is not doing it to, for it to be a punishment, for it to be a stress, or to, for us to be like, oh my gosh, this is not it. We have to understand that for us being pure, it's a beautiful thing. Sex is a beautiful thing to God anyway. And it's, it's a beautiful, God, it's a, sorry, sex is a beautiful thing in the sight of God. However, it is only created for a covenant between a married man and woman. He made this covenant to protect us from ungodly soul ties, heartbreak, and unnecessary spiritual warfare that we have to fight. So, my question is, as you think about being loyal, are you willing to continue with the purpose that Jesus has for you and while being loyal with your bodies without a man in your life? All righty, so we're going to continue to read through read through Ruth and this at this point we're going to get to chapter two so by this time Naomi and Ruth have finally made it to Bethlehem and Ruth's thinking like okay we don't really have anything there we don't have a home we don't have any you know funds to get food with so she was like I gotta I gotta do something there's something I gotta do about about this so she was thinking I gotta go go I'm gonna go out to a field and I'm gonna go you know glean in this garden glean in this field to get some grain for me and Naomi she's of Asian so she, there's not a lot that she can do for herself so I'm gonna have to do this and provide provide for she and I so Ruth is out in the, in the, she's out in this field picking up leftover grains to take back to Naomi. And again, her focus is just to eat. She's just focused on providing. But what, but what Ruth didn't know is that she was in the field of Boaz. So Boaz was the late relative of Naomi's um, late husband. And what we don't know about Boaz is that Boaz, he's this rich man. He's an influencer. Um, he was well respected by all the people in the city. And he was just that, that, that man that people honored. Now, I also want to make a good point again that Boaz, that, sorry, that Ruth had no idea that she was in the field of Boaz's. She had no clue that God was in the midst of her decision to pick this field to glean in. To glean in. She knew food was needed. She just, she just didn't know what field she wanted to go to, but she picked a specific field and didn't realize that this is where God was leading her. So she was positioning herself. As Ruth was in this field, Boaz comes through and he's talking to all the harvesters and he, har harvesters. he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? Just checking in on you guys. And then he goes and he sees Ruth and he's like, who is this female? He's thinking to himself, who is this female? So he goes over to the overseer and he asks, he asks about Ruth. He's like, who is, this, who is this lady over here in this field? What is she doing? So the overseer begins to tell Boaz about Ruth and what she was doing there. And so that just made Boaz curious. So he went up to Ruth, and we're going to go read in the book of Ruth, chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 8 and 10, and we're going to read about the conversation that Boaz had with Ruth. Let's read. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from me. Stay here with the woman who works for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the, after the women. 
I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed with her head to the ground, and she asked him, Why have I found such a favor in your eyes, that you notice me a foreigner? Hmm. So the next question and the next point that I want to get to, and I want you to think about this question. I want you to ask yourself in your singleness, are you positioned where you need to be placed? Ruth was out minding her own business. She wasn't thinking about a man. She wasn't thinking about, you know, someone looking for her. She just wanted to find food for her and Naomi. And so with her minding her business, doing the work that she set out to do, because she was properly placed, because she was in purpose, she had found favor. Now you, as you are obedient, working in the purpose that God has for you, you will find yourself in the right place at the right time. And I always like to make this a point. You will never miss what God has for you. When you are walking in the purpose that God has designed for you to be in, you're not going to miss what he has because you're already on the road that he wants you to be in. So you're not going to miss what it is that he has for you. You have to remember this as well. Your loyalty will cause you to be positioned in the place where you need to be and not just where you want to be. God's ways are better than our ways. And if we follow their, if, if we don't follow those ways and if we follow God's ways rather than our ways, we will not miss our chances of being properly positioned. Now we're going to continue to read, and this time we're going to read ver verses 11 and 12, and we're still in Ruth chapter, chapter 2. So, you know, we were ending in where Ruth was like, you favor me, I'm a foreigner. What, why, do, why do you find favor in me? So let's continue to read. Bo Boaz replies, and he says, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and your mother in your homeland and came to, to, live, to, and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you have come to take refuge. So this brings me to my final point. When your name is mentioned, what do others say about your character? Boaz had one brief conversation with this overseer, and he had learned so much about this woman. He had learned about her loyalty. He had learned about what she did for her family. And this was just her in-laws. This wasn't even her blood family, but he saw her commitment and her loyalty, and that just literally gave him, it, it impressed him. So to think about your character and what you do, you got to think as individuals, we have to strive to display our lives the way Jesus wants us to live. So I'm going to jump to Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, and I'll be reading from the, King, from the King James Version. It reads, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So I want you to think about your character. When someone mentions your, your name, what do people say about you? Do you let your good be spoken evil of? One thing to remember is you have to watch who you are connected to, whether that is family or friends. You have to watch those you are connected to. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because bad company corrupts good character. And you got to think, you could be out with a group of people, and they're doing things that you don't necessarily agree with. But because you are with these people, and someone may see you, they may think that you're doing things, these same things that these people are doing, although your intentions are not to be doing the things that they're doing. So again, you got to think, you have to watch, watch who you're connected with, because bad company corrupts good character. 
How do you react in certain situations? We have to learn to be quick to hear and slow to speak, and that's what the word tells us. So, and this is something I like to say as well. So when we are in situations, we have to learn how to respond versus reacting. When we react, we say things, in our mind, it's not, not even fully processed what's going on. So we have to learn to respond because it gives us time to evaluate what was being said and what is been, what is going on. And so it gives us time to learn to say to to understand what we want to say without reacting and saying the wrong things that could cause so much hardship. So another thing that we I want to focus on is is God pleased with what you're doing behind closed doors. Okay, you say no one can see what you're doing, and and since I'm behind closed doors, my character, I'm, I'm gonna show them out when I'm when I'm out in public, I'm gonna show them that my character is good. I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that to try to impress them. But when you're behind closed doors, what are you doing? And you gotta think, you're behind closed doors, but although the people can't see you, God can see you, and that's really one only one person that should be judging us. So even though you're behind closed doors, you still need to watch what you're doing because God is gonna judge us based off what we do, even behind closed doors. So again, to wrap it up, I want you to remember your actions speak volume. People will watch what you do before they will listen to what you say. So as you read through the rest of the book of Ruth, you will find that because of how Ruth properly positioned herself, she ends up getting married to Boaz and they bear a child and they live a life of fullness. So in my closing, I want to tell the single women that there is a man out there who will find you and you will be the I've searched for you all my life woman. But in that way, I want you to remember these three things. Number one, you should remain loyal to God and fulfilling the purpose that he has for you. Regardless of if you're living in your singleness, I want you to remember what I told you before. You were born in this world as an individual person who needs to fulfill their individual person. Number two, I want you to ensure that you are properly positioning yourself in the place that God wants you to be in. So if you are already walking in the purpose that God has for you, then you're going to automatically be positioning yourself correctly. Number three, I want you to act in a manner that when your name is mentioned to others, your character will wow them. So watch what you do. Watch what you say and be genuine about it. So before we, before we end, I do want to close this out in a word of prayer. In a, in a prayer. And I'll begin. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this moment that you have allowed me to speak to your people, God. As I have spoken your word to your people, Lord, allow this word to get into their hearts, God, Jesus, and allow them to build and grow in relationship with you, God. I thank you for this opportunity that you have given me, God. Let this word reach to the single women's hearts, Lord Jesus, and allow them to be able to position themselves in the proper position as they work and be loyal to you, Lord, and to fulfill their purpose, God. Allow them, Lord, allow their names, Lord Jesus, allow them to take note, take note to their name, Lord Jesus, and allow them to want to be able to grasp that their character means a lot, Lord. And when their name is spoken, God Jesus, they want to be able to wow the people by their name. So allow them to strive to live in the best life to you. God, I honor you and I, and I glorify you and I thank you for your goodness, God. And Lord, I say this prayer in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, guys, be blessed. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.